0: Our world is dying, politicians are lying And just when you feel like crying Sit and have a listen to people who have shit themselves
1: Hi, I'm Claudia. I'm Evie, and we are the hosts of The Poodcast, a podcast where we tell stories about people pooing themselves. The Podcast is also a podcast that will focus on and discuss the issues surrounding bowel and bladder conditions such as IBS, Crohn's, colitis, celiac disease, cystitis, urinary incontinence, and plenty more. We want to break the stigma surrounding these conditions and get people talking about toilets. We have historically found these topics especially difficult to talk about, whether it's an invisible illness or just what our bodies do naturally every day. So we think it's time to change that. And this week, our focus will be on chronic pelvic pain. How was that? That was beautiful. <laughs> I just need constant
0: <laughs> Sorry. feedback. You need me to be more of a hype man, like, mm.
1: Well, I yeah, finished yeah. and you didn't say, yes, Go. very good, well done. <laughs> Okay, so Claudia That
0: was very good. Sorry. I'm I will constantly no worries. tell you when you're doing a good job. Yeah, just a
1: bit of fucking support, Claudia, that would be nice. <laughs> so um so Claudia, um it's yes, been a little love. while since we last spoke. Uh we're still in Hellous the depths work. of lockdown. How has this been boding for your bottom and totem?
0: My bottom and totem. Um yesterday, no, my bum and tum are well they were doing just fine Great. until lockdown did hit mm. um, but what i'm about to say should be a positive thing but it it's cuz i got greedy uh-oh so because of lockdown my boyfriend now has to work from home he's not walking into work with me anymore and when he was going back out into the world of work he got the prep app this new offer I don't know if you heard about it. So, Press & Monjo do, um, so you do, if you pay £20 a month, you can get up to five drinks a day for free. Five like, obviously it's not free because you pay 20 pounds Five drinks a- and three? five? Who needs five? Evie. What? Five. So, he, he's it. been doing it and he hasn't been sharing it with me because when we walk into work together in the morning, you can only get one every two hours. <laughs> so, he can just get one for me and one for him. Okay. Fucking. Dump him. Cheeky <laughs> beggars. Exactly. <laughs> Why am I still with him? Well, so then lockdown hit and I suddenly got this message from him one day and it just said, here you bloody go then. And I was like, what's this? And it's and it was the barcode for the prep app because he'd just paid for a full month, a mere two days before lockdown. So now I can get up to five free drinks a day. Right. Oh my God. I don't drink that much coffee, but the Pret that I go to, their smoothie machine isn't working. And then on the board, it's all like caramel latte, gingerbread man latte. I don't know. Gingerbread man latte. I don't know. <laughs> like, it's all these really nice things. And I'm like, yeah, fuck it, I'll have that. And I've just started having loads and loads of nice coffees, Ooh. funnily enough. Not it's not always, not always been the best of ideas for me, and it is making me realise why it would be fun to earn lots of money. It's fun to just keep getting things,
1: yeah. like just throughout the day, and not worry about how much money you're spending. Like, Another free drink, please, sir. It's great. That is great. I uh, do you know what? I definitely relate to feeling like you want to be rich because the other day, <laughs> 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 who does? <laughs> and and i think in the, the sense of like just just having things to just then it doesn't matter whether you finish a drink or not you you can afford one soon later i misjudged timing of work the other day and went to get um, a coffee before I started working 15 minutes but I accidentally ordered a large one I had like three sips of it I, I was like I need to go and get this child now I can't have like hot drinks around like very tiny children so I just threw it in the bin and I was like I've literally just got Starbucks I t- took three sips down the road just threw it in the bin I felt like I was in succession or something like I just oh, like yeah, richie rich off, yeah exactly so it's a- so how's the tummy been since the the five gingerbread man lattes a day well the the tummy's been like grumbling at me a little bit like bitch I know
0: what you're doing like stop it however and I know that like this is a little bit of a plug also because we're we're partnering with them for the podcast but this is a genuine me saying this as a kind of like hurrah thing I've been taking these biomed supplements and I've got to admit the thing that I've noticed is that I haven't really noticed anything because I haven't had any
1: catastrophes which is quite exciting. Yeah, that is the classic. You when you're taking medication and you don't notice, you don't really notice it's noticing until you reflect and you're like, oh, I haven't had that in a while. And then as soon as you stop taking the medication, like, yeah, it's so weird. Like, I've suddenly got really bad pain. You're like, that's because you, you're not taking your medication. That's why. Exactly. And I just, I've just noticed that I haven't
0: had any like traumatic tales, even though I've been having a few coffees. I've definitely had the odd like, the odd grumble and the odd like oh are we oh we in danger but so far clean clean as a, well, as a
1: whistle can you stop taking the supplements please because it's not going to bode well for the podcast if you're like yeah my stomach's great <laughs> <laughs> i'm
0: you really need good trauma. i've got loads
1: of free coffees and i'm living my best life there you go deal with it how's your bum and tummy sorry just want to say that 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 sounds like an absolutely fantastic deal prep wise i'm going to look into this yeah, well done, Pret. Yeah, well done, Pret. Um, also,
0: because they're such sneaky buggers, because then every time I go in there, I have to get myself a feckin' mac and cheese, don't I? Of or a little do. bit of mango. That's what they're doing. Because I just think that's who I am. And I see what they're doing and I go, thanks,
1: Deborah, roll it up. And she tells me how much I owe. And then I walk out there looking fucking smug. They've played you like a fiddle there, haven't they? Absolute um, fool liars. Also, if they're saying you, that you can only get one every couple of hours, I was like, oh, well, you're not going to be by Pret necessarily every couple of hours. But in London, you're always. By a pret no matter where you are there is one it's like you know how they say in London you're only ever three meters away from a rat you're only ever three meters away from a pret I'm sure totally and also it's kind of enough time to maybe have that dire situation
0: hate yourself for half an hour for getting that coffee and then kind of have like that goldfish moment of forgetting all about it and then just going straight away and doing it again there is enough time to continuously make that mistake throughout the day (laughs) whoops how is your bum and tum, my darling, the love of my life? Um, that's me. Um,
1: gosh, that's so great to hear. I just got a little bit of butterflies. <laughs> Did you? It's just so nice and people say that they love you. Um, thank you. Fine. Uh, I do have a problem which has kind of spiralled. Uh, I think I've mentioned before my sort of slight addiction at the moment with getting comfy clothes, particularly now we're in lockdown. We don't have to go out anywhere. I'm addicted to buying loungewear, and I bought some more loungewear and some fluffy socks, particularly ever since we spoke to Lottie Drynen of um, The Tummy Diaries and My Bloated Wardrobe. Listen to that episode if you haven't yet. I'm just... F- I, I, again with this feeling like I need to be rich and I've got some sort of dispensable income that I definitely don't have I'm just buying you know midi dresses or anything that I think is kind of cute and I can look like a little small piglet in Um, yeah just get that's the dream just, isn't it just the get, sexy dream just, sexy piglet yeah just getting the lot now and I've just I've realised that I have I do dress for comfort and I have done for a number of years but I am starting to worry that I'm going to look like one of the sort of before pictures of some sort of you know make up. <laughs> looking like the before because all i wear is just trash which also then actually took me into a bit of a mind spiral and i started watching did you ever watch 10 years younger with uh, nikki hamilton jones from like the yes. noughties have you seen that clip where it's like the worst makeover ever and it's that woman they no. put her in the mickey mouse t-shirt and they put these dreadful hair extensions in and and then nikki hamilton jones is like the problem with you is that you're so flat-chested she's so rude And I just can't now, I'm spending a lot of time on YouTube watching these make-under videos from the noughties, which is just, has aged so piss poorly. Um, But yeah, anyway, I just worry that I'm going to start to look like a human sack. Um, But because I I refuse to wear jeans, okay? Anyone who wears jeans just at home is a sociopath. I come back from work and my boyfriend's just like lounging around with jeans. I'm like, that is sick. What are but you doing? Do you not
0: find like with mum jeans you get that room for
1: for bloated tummy and not really because no? it's tight on the waist and it's yeah. just not look if it's not stretchy I'm not interested or better still if it's not just basically a sack or a sheet like wearing a parachute I'm forget it. Uh, but also I've just on the remembered. sofa in jeans and a belt. Come on, that's weird. Yeah, isn't it? belt.
0: The belt is stupid. So but it Maybe it's a female thing of taking your belt and your bar office as you home. I've oh, just yeah. remembered though. What? Tomorrow at school, it's pajama day. Oh my god, this great! Can't fucking wait. And I was speaking Sorry, to the other members of like staff
1: you go to school.
0: <laughs> as it as does. You so I literally just wanted to then go. I was speaking to the other members of staff, <laughs> like me myself. It's where I work. <laughs> um. But yeah, tomorrow at school. Um. But I was chatting to my colleagues today, being like, "Oh, I can't wait for pajama day tomorrow." I can't. And they were like, "Oh, can you really be bothered though?" And like. It's the opposite of being bothered. I can't be bothered to wear normal clothes. Can't be bothered to get changed so this morning. Yeah. So I, I'm going to bring in my slippers. I'm going to bring in my tracksuit bottom. Oh, yeah. If there weren't small children around, I wouldn't even wear a feckin' bra. If it's pajama day, I wouldn't do it. I, but I won't lie. One of our small children is a little bit obsessed with, with boobs and we're trying to get him out of it. So,
1: you know, shouldn't do that. Or, you know, get him onto it. Start them young, you know. <laughs> he, is,
0: he, he is very young. And we had a woman come in the other day who had mahoosive breasts and he just looked at her he's six he's six he just looked at her and he went jump up and down because he wanted to he wanted to watch her boobs
1: move no you can't do that
0: yeah we're trying to crack down on that and I've actually really been watching what I wear to work because there are some tops that I think that's that is me pushing it (laughs) That is, and it is not when they're revealing. It's actually the high neck tops where my boobs look biggest. And, like, that is not fair on him, Claudia. To do it's that. like you
1: work with like Rupert Murdoch in some sort of like newsroom, not a f- primary school. I just gotta be really I careful about what I, I say. I don't want to, you know, doing I don't want to give him.
0: I don't want to give him any kind of fuel for this. Like, I, I actually, I just really need to crack down on it. And I, I maybe I should start dressing more in sacks because. He he notices it and and it's it's not healthy. Mate. It's really not healthy to, to feel that gaze nah, six year Sacks are the way to go, I think.
1: Permission
0: to discuss condition. This week, our topic is chronic pelvic pain, and we have the wonderful Michelle Harris chatting with us today, all the way from Canada. Big up that. That's pretty cool. No, I'm just getting really excited. Um, Michelle runs the Happy Pelvis for Chronic Illness and Pelvic Pain Advocacy, and Michelle lived with chronic pelvic pain and had her symptoms dismissed and misdiagnosed for over 15 years. Only a few years ago, she was diagnosed with not one, but three chronic pelvic pain conditions interstitial cystitis, blood or bladder pain syndrome, endometriosis, and pelvic floor dysfunction. This year, the Happy Pelvis was nominated for a WeGo Health Award for its pelvic health advocacy, and we are so grateful to have her here with us today. Welcome, Michelle. How's your bum and how is your tum?
2: Hi, Claudia. Hi, hey. Hi. how's it going? Oh, good. Uh, thanks for having me. Before I get into how my bum and my tum is, I wanted to ask what is Paret or Pret? <laughs> you guys are talking about that, and I'm assuming it's like a Tim Hortons here in Canada. Oh my God, Michelle, Tim Hortons.
0: I went. I went to Canada. I'm realizing how British I sound. Tim Hortons, but I went to Toronto a couple of years ago. You know, Tim Hortons that. is uh, I never talk about it. Um, it's amazing. The donuts in that place are unreal. Oh, Evie, you get these little. Are they called the Timbits. Tim Timbit. oh. Timbits. You just get a whole pack of like tiny little donuts, and you don't feel so bad about eating them because they're all so small. And you're like, oh. I'm so big with these tiny donuts in my hand. Oh, but it is a bit like Tim Hortons, but. okay yeah it is like tim hortons but tim hortons just seemed more cool whereas Pret, there you literally cannot walk like 30 seconds without seeing at least four preps they're just everywhere
2: oh okay so they're on like every corner of the city sort of tim hortons
0: Mm -hmm. is is more classy you guys are are
2: i I don't know what that
1: is so (laughs) i can't say yes or no if if Pret is like Tim Hortons but it's kind of like a, if you imagine a European Starbucks I would say it's like a, a deli okay. deli version
2: oh, yeah. of of stuff so you can get sandwiches and drinks yeah
1: and- yeah and they're all made in <laughs> it's like we're being sponsored by Pret but all the food is <laughs> made in store fresh that day and they are delicious
2: <laughs> my bum and tum today are actually doing uh fairly good, good. not too bad brilliant Um, But to be completely honest, I did have a little bit of rectal spasms from a nervous poop I had earlier from being being on the show. Oh, tell us. I'm a little bit nervous. Whenever I do these podcasts, I get really uh, uh, butterflies in the stomach. Things start, you know, bubbling up and... uh, but anyways, it was something I needed because I suffer from IBS and pelvic floor dysfunction. So things needed to get moving. So it was a good day. <laughs> for that to happen. You're welcome. You're very, very welcome. It is funny, Thanks, isn't guys. it? When that
0: happens, like, I don't know about you. and I, My nerves don't go once it's happened, but I do feel better once I've gone for a nervous poop, like, yeah, just feel calmer
2: exactly and i i did feel that so i i'm well i'm centered Oh, I, that's, i'm good to go. she's ready she's so ready i'm ready to go that's great because we
1: we do get them as well both of us have had that before okay. we've got on a zoom call okay. and then had to go for last minute nervous no, poo. so you're in very yeah. good company
2: just the day in a life of someone dealing with chronic pain or any condition yeah right? so
1: in regards to to your chronic pain can you just give us you know, tell us a bit about what your history is there and and sort of what was the, what were the first symptoms?
2: It's quite the story. Um, It's quite confusing because I did jump back and forth trying to find my root cause and figuring out what was going on with my body over the years. But I've had chronic pelvic pain since I fell on my tailbone um, with a tobogganing accident when I was around eight years old. And it never fully healed. And I was the kid that was too embarrassed to sit with like the donut pillow to help heal. It was just something that uh, I I learned to live with and then 13 is when my period started and it began to be really painful when i was like probably between 13 to 16 i got my first uti mm. and the start of Urinary tract infection. Uh, you get a UTI. You take an antibiotic, and you get a yeast infection oh my from God, it. This, this and the, worst. the cycle. Just because I was getting recurrent infections, it just was a constant for me. I was on constant antifungals creams, and then my family doctor said, "Okay, I think I need to refer you to a gynecologist." And she diagnosed me. Um, with vulvodynia and vulvar, vulvar vesti- vestibulitis. It's a uh, chronic vulvar pain. So it's something I dealt with since I was a child. And I did it. I've never known any different. I've never known sitting without pain. And when this gynecologist explained to me that uh, there's really no known cause or treatment. For these conditions. It's just what happens to many women. <laughs> so, <laughs> so just
0: deal with it. Just deal with it, Michelle. Just mm-hmm. get on with it.
2: So years, probably from 15, 16 to like 21, I was on constant antibiotics, yeast infections, antibiotics for the urinary tract infections. In twi- When I was around 21, my family doctor diagnosed with me with IBS. So I was going to him because I was dealing with a lot of Abdominal cramping, pains, spasms, and bowel movements that had a lot of mucus in it. I'm sorry if this is. Honey, you're in the right place. (laughs) You're in
0: Nobody eats while they listen to our podcast. They'd be mad. You're fine.
2: All right. I feel really comfortable speaking to you guys about this. Oh, thank you. (laughs) So, Years went on; nothing really changed. I constant antibiotic use, um, and then unfortunately, the antibiotics that I was constantly on um, was not working anymore. So I tried another antibiotic, and I unfortunately had a really bad reaction to it, where it affected my Achilles tendons. So on both oh of, gosh. yeah. So it was I could barely walk for like two, three, two to three weeks. I was really frustrated with doctors and medicine because nothing I was doing was working like doctors would tell me oh make sure you wipe from front to back (laughs) and they tell me that a million times and they make you feel so little and so small and it's like I am the cleanliest person I am trying everything I possibly can I went to go see a naturopath and that is when I started to learn a little bit more about my body and what's going on And um, she helped me get my UTIs under control. They were still there, but uh, things got a little bit better. Then when I was 28, I got a UTI for the first time in about a year, which to me, not having a UTI in a year was amazing (laughs) because I would get one every single month. I got a UTI from Intimacy, and that is when... (laughs) in <laughs> lack of better term, um, shit hit the fan. Um treated it with antibiotics, yet my symptoms were still there. I was going to the doctor complaining about uh, the urethral spasms I was having and the bladder spasms. Have you guys gone through urinary tract infection at all? Totally I get
1: bad
0: all me. the time. <laughs> Yeah,
2: that pain was something I could not kick and they're telling me I don't have an infection and I can't stop this debilitating pain that won't allow me to get off the toilet. I got in to see um, the gynecologist I saw when I was 15 or 16. She goes, based on your symptoms and what you're telling me, I believe you were suffering from interstitial cystitis, also known as bladder pain syndrome impossible pelvic floor dysfunction. At that point, I am, you know, on the Google, oh, Google. <laughs> searching Dr. Google. searching everything, Dr. Google, um, really trying to figure out what's going on. I connected the dots. And I'm like, hey, my periods have always been horrendous. I, I read about endometriosis. So um, I had to take my health into my own hands. And do the research. Go on Facebook forums. Go on support groups. Go on different people's blogs that are dealing with same conditions that I am potentially dealing with. I really found uh, the specialist that I needed to through these groups. Luckily, the so the second gynecologist I saw uh, was incredible. He's like you. I believe you're dealing with I.C. bladder pain syndrome, pelvic floor dysfunction, endometriosis, and. Fibromyalgia, possibly. So I went through all the hoops, went to see the specialist I needed, uh, had surgery for endometriosis. However, I'm still in chronic pain. I am currently on disability, have been since 2018, and I'm still trying to figure out and narrow down what's going on because I had the endometriosis surgery, and we thought, hey, maybe the endometriosis is all over your bladder, and that's what's causing everything. And it, unfortunately, that just wasn't the case. So right now, me and my healthcare team are piecing together everything like that fall, I didn't even think of that toboggan incident until I started physical therapy. And they started asking me the right questions about that. And I was like, all these light bulbs went off. So I have a diagnosis of I, interstitial cystitis, bladder pain syndrome. Uh, pelvic floor dysfunction and endometriosis, uh, alongside some other conditions like fibromyalgia and lupus.
1: Wow, I mean, oh. that's actually a <laughs> <the> long list. <laughs> and
2: you mentioned the
0: the donut pillow earlier, Michelle, and saying like, you know, as a, as a, as a younger person, you didn't maybe want to have have a kind of equipment like that to help you. Have you found anything helps you now that you kind of maybe rely on a bit for chronic pain, especially like with sitting and things with your tailbone?
2: That same donut pillow <laughs> <laughs> that you once shunned no, is now your best friend. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I still use that to this day because it's like the perfect size to fit in like my Lululemon bag where I have like my medications, all the stuff I need. Right, so it's something, and it's like a foam, so it's easy to like bend. But it's tools like that. There's also specific like coccyx, uh, coccyx push cushions for your tailbone pain. That sort of have they're like two little um, little seats that your butt cheeks sit on, but there's where your vulva and perineum and your rectum are. There's like a little uh, dip. So you're not putting that extra pressure on your pelvic or your sits bones. amazing.
0: Yeah. Is there anything that you find, I know you're talking about when you're sitting on the toilet with um, UTI flares and things like I. I find the only thing that can help if I'm just having the worst one is I just have to sit in the bath. And I've sometimes just sat in the bathroom three o'clock in the morning till seven o'clock in the morning. And anytime I go to get out the bath, I'm like, no, it still hurts. I can't, I can't fall asleep. I can't go back to bed. What helps you?
2: That's, that is exactly the sensation that we feel. And, um, so the one thing, uh, is a bath. So I was going to mention to you guys is sitting in a hot bath. And who cares if you pee in that water? Oh, well, I tried. It, <laughs> I'm
0: literally and I'm like, come on now.
2: Like even if it's a drip, because sometimes that hesitation, you're like, oh, no. But I, the only way for me to completely relax and to relieve during a UTI or a flare up um, is that hot bath because I'm able to relax the muscles around my bladder to try to release it. Another thing that helps with that crazy burn is uh, a teaspoon of. Or a half a teaspoon actually of uh, baking soda in a glass of water, and what that does is it changes the acidity of your urine. So if the acidity is not at uh, a good level, um, it will cause more burning urination uh, during your urination. It helps it; it doesn't make it go away Mm -hmm. completely. It's just something that uh, that helps lower that burn. And do
0: you find Um, anything like particularly brings out? I know you mentioned into like do you ever notice that that stress can bring it on or certain foods or anything like that
2: absolutely so stress uh is a really big contributor to interstitial cystitis and uh bladder pain syndrome um also diet so certain patients um what we what they've noticed is uh ic patients differ There's a variety of different symptoms that I might have and might be dealing with, but the next patient might have a totally different set of symptoms. Um, so diet might help me, um, which it does. There are certain trigger foods. So going back to the acidity, so like foods like tomatoes, um, chocolate, anything that's going to irritate the bladder change the acidity. Does chocolate irritate it?
0: No, Michelle, somebody yeah. hang
2: up the cord. I know, <laughs> I know. <No>. I know. <laughs> oh God not saying don't eat chocolate because I've I cut it out completely and I was miserable yeah. like I yeah. love chocolate and I tried every substitution and it just wasn't it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, substitutions uh,
1: are generally yeah. shit.
2: <laughs> also if I yeah. if I'm
0: stressed I eat chocolate so those are probably the two things that are not healthy. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so uh, diet education and like learning your triggers. So like doing an elimination diet, figuring out if the tomato is going to irritate your bladder, if it's not, stretching. So like pelvic floor stretching is really important um, to release the muscles around your sore bladder. How, how do you how um, do you do that? <laughs> Could you please so <laughs> <laughs> give me one moment. Uh, pelvic floor physical therapy cannot only just help pelvic floor muscle pain, it can help reduce symptoms of other pelvic floor con- or pelvic uh, pain conditions as well. The goal of physical therapy and pelvic floor physical therapy is to really disrupt like that feedback loop that we have with chronic pain. Um, So trying to release those trigger points. So uh, when you go to your uh, appointment, you will be in your own private room. Um, uh, You will be lying down on a bed with a sheet over your legs. Uh, You will develop a relationship with your pelvic PT, and you should. You should feel comfortable because the more uh, tense or stressed you are in uh, that situation, the treatment won't, uh, won't help. Yeah, of so as you develop that rapport with that individual, um, you start to work uh, internally. So right off the bat, they might not work uh, internally within the vagina or within the rectum. Um, that's how they go into reach directly to those muscles. Um, They might work on your hips and your lower back because all of those muscles are directly impacted by your pelvic floor. So they'll they'll ease you into uh, pelvic floor treatment. um, And whenever you are comfortable getting to the point of trying internal work, um, they can uh, reach those muscles vaginally So um, they move their fingers uh, around like a clock and they feel and look for and assess and talk to you to get a sense of your symptoms and where your pain is and see where those trigger points are because then they can hold that muscle uh, down, not very hard. Like my pelvic floor PT, she will tell me that she's just barely touching it and I'm super sensitive and it feels extremely painful, but she's, there's no pressure. Uh, But it's, it's trying to desensitize those muscles and that tissue. Um, And also they go uh, rectally when you are ready, when you are comfortable again, um, no one should ever feel pressured by their physical therapist to do anything uh, that they don't want because there are many many pelvic pain patients that have or may have pelvic pain due to past trauma um, so it might be a very sensitive subject uh, for many patients. I can also imagine
0: the difference between like uh, having a good relationship with a Canadian to then British people in these <laughs> areas like I can just imagine I would just want to make a joke being as't like, know like do you yeah. come here often? like, <laughs> like
2: that's how it is it's like super awkward at the beginning and then you just crack jokes and then you break the tension (laughs) but it's it's really interesting as
1: well like the the one thing that's supposed to be sort of like de-stressing helping you is like right so I'm just gonna (laughs) yeah like but I think in a way is it have you felt that your your pain is is real and that people are appreciating and understand that if somebody is is going in a clockwise motion they're saying here 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 and they can actually pinpoint somewhere specific is do you some way feel validated because it's very difficult i think when you've got a chronic illness or internal pain it's very very difficult to say like look this arm is broken or look this is like bleeding here um how how has that been how has that journey been
2: uh, like you said, very validating. So um, when I got the vulvodynia and vestibulitis diagnosis, now I know those—that that is a symptom of pelvic floor dysfunction. I don't know how to describe it. Like the first or second appointment... I was in tears. That's how validated I felt because they said, of course, you're feeling pain here. This obturator internus muscle is really wound up and it's attaches to your bladder. Like it was like, oh my gosh, you're, you're giving me a reason, which is what I've just been looking for because I was living my life, not knowing how, like what's going on and how to fix it. Mm. And that, The pain was all in my head. That's what I was beginning to feel because nothing showed up on imaging. Nothing was showing up on tests. Uh, the U- the UTI tests were coming back negative, And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I feel like I have the worst UTI I've ever had. How can it be negative? For some patients who get that IC and bladder pain syndrome diagnosis, they can go to a pelvic PT and within six months get full relief, Wow, which is incredible. Um, however, everybody's journey and uh, health is different. So I've been in chronic pain for almost 20 years. Um, and it's yeah. quite something that I think that since we've started
1: talking to, to people about this, a lot of experiences are unfortunately quite negative. And mm-hmm. we're so grateful to the, the medical profession. But um, we were looking at some of the comments from your um, medical misogyny in women's healthcare, care mm-hmm. um, where women were talking about, um, you know, the, absurd and dismissive comments that they've had from doctors in regards to pelvic pain uh i mean obviously you know we've heard all sorts on this podcast already but i don't know claudia if you wanted to share any of them
0: yeah like we were gonna pick maybe two or three because i think they're about nearly like 20 or 30 on on your blog post but we had to put in more because i was honestly reading them going no what no um so these yeah so these are the comments said to said to these poor women uh, don't worry, when you have a baby, it will go away. Your boyfriend must be cheating is probably chlamydia. Oh my. That is just part and parcel of being a woman. I think that one made me the most angry. Um, you're just not used to having penetrative sex. Oh, your poor husband. Uh, many women learn to live with pelvic pain. Half a glass of wine before intercourse. Maybe you're not in love with your boyfriend. I mean... Michelle what's been your experience of there or obviously having all these people messaging you how common do you think it is for women to be spoken to like this when they come forward about uh, chronic pelvic pain?
2: I feel every woman in her life most women have gone through this at some point um, be it before they've given birth or after given birth there's always at some point that one doctor may use an excuse of yeah many women get this and that's not a valid like that those aren't valid answers and as a physician you should be helping that patient to finding uh help and resources if you can't help then they should be referring out but yeah those responses were from an instagram story so i asked and i reached out and those were responses and as I was like scrolling through them, I was my jaw just dropped because the first few, I'm like, "Hold, oh, that's bad, that's bad." But then it just got worse <laughs> and worse, and I am just like, really gutted to know that this is such a. Prominent issue in so many women's lives and it's not just women like there are also like if this is an issue for us imagine somebody who is transgendered uh, Trying to get help for their pelvic pain, but they're they're not being taken seriously. I just feel like pelvic pain has uh, been sort of brushed under the rug um, over the last 30 years because the medical field has been male-dominated. Um, there's a post, uh, one of my blog posts, right write about uh, some studies that were done that explain that they only used male patients on medical studies because it was easier due to their hormones, and that just became a common denominator through the 80s and 90s. And I think pelvic pain and pelvic health research has really taken off within the last decade or two. And when I this all started with me about a decade or two ago, it was it was not new, nobody really no physicians knew about it. And I'm noticing more and more, even though I hear these negative stories, I'm also hearing the positives that these doctors are seeing Are Oh, hey, you might have pelvic floor dysfunction, let's send you to a pelvic floor physical therapist so you can get assessed because they know they can't like that's not their their specialty so there's good and bad but yeah these it's just unfortunate that this is the society that we're still living in and women don't get uh the same equal health care and uh quality of support that a lot of men do.
1: yeah absolutely i think the 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 thing that irked me is saying you know oh a lot of a lot of women have this the thing this frustrates me for two main reasons firstly if it affects a lot of women and a lot of women have it, then surely that's even more incentive to do something about it because then you'll be able to help loads of women. (laughs) You'll be able to, if you're helping one person, then you might help lots of people. And secondly, can you imagine, (laughs) Oh yeah. Loads of men live in that chronic pain, get on with it. It just wouldn't happen. It just would it would not happen. But it is also very encouraging to hear that people are more willing to outsource Say, Hey, I don't know about this, but I know somebody who does, you know, that is a really, really positive step. And I just hope that it, Really continues in in every aspect of the um, medical field, like in pregnancy and women in all trials. F- for you, have you have you noticed that on a personal level it has improved for you? And and w- what are the next steps for you? Do you have sort of a, a framework of what you're working towards?
2: I would say that now being more educated in my conditions and understanding chronic pain and chronic pelvic pain um, and advocating for myself because if I didn't put in the time to do all of this, I wouldn't get very far. I wouldn't be at the right specialist where I am now. Um, it's in Canada, the wait times are very long to see specialists. So I knew, and I knew that right away. Uh, so I knew I had to get on it, um, had to get in those referrals. So really advocating for myself has been a game changer uh, for me. And that's, what I'm really wanting to share and help others see that it is possible to get the care. I feel if I were to be in physical therapy in my teens, let's say I started at 18, I don't think I'd be where I am today. No, it's crazy. Yeah,
0: quite. And actually speaking of your teens, one of the other uh, blog posts that you did that I just loved, uh, it's called uh, sexuality and growing up in the 90s and early 2000s with pelvic plate
1: pelvic plane
0: that would I mean how big <laughs> is the plane um pelvic pain um and it kind of looks at our industry that's obsessed with sex and particularly the uh, sexual objectification of young women can you expand on your experience with that because obviously we all know kind of what it was what it was like with the kind of um what was it called it was called like heroin chic wasn't it like that kind of oh, yeah. expectation was- of of women and models then and but also just I'm really starting to, I don't know if it's from more doing this podcast and talking to more women or it was just literally just growing up, but I didn't realize how much as a young woman, I put everything about me that was important, that was significant, that mattered was my looks and not only was my looks was whether men found me attractive (laughs) like that that was just it because everything I was watching what other people thought of me, totally and I'm still I'm still finding that now that I'm actually having to stop myself and go hold on a second why do you care why do you care if that man thinks you're attractive like but everything, every TV program, every film I watch, the woman enters the room and the first thing it gets commented on is how she looks. I I, I hate what the, the um, Gen Z or whatever people are saying about Friends because it's one of my favorite programs of all time. But then you watch it and you're like shit they comment on how monica rachel and phoebe look
1: so much all the time it's 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 also so weird to me how they keep talking about how like um fat monica was and a she's not and b chandler like literally gains like about five stone and loses it again and then no one comments on it it's so weird it's (laughs) It's so weird
2: yeah, that post was actually, I was I was watching an old show. I can't recall what it was, but it was something from the 2000s, one of those nostalgia shows, and I was just watching it, and all these things, like, came to mind, and I was like, this is actually important because, like, sexuality was at the forefront of, like, music, movies, uh, and TV, so, like, American Pie, that I remember being, like, one of the biggest movies uh, of my time. Um, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you guys? Uh, we're, we're both we we're both 28. You, you're the same age as me, aren't you? I'm yeah, you. we're both 28. Okay, okay, so same generation Mm -hmm. so uh like Eminem yeah I was just gonna say 50 cent candy candy shop shop. yeah (laughs) I had that I had
1: that playing on my uh, 13th birthday party just over and over and over oh I (laughs) can so
2: picture it damn baby yeah so good yeah so like all that we're we were bombarded with it because media was booming at that time the magazines the books the internet right so um It said that, I I believe, between 1998 and 2005 or 2006, um, that, uh, what was it, the number of sex scenes or, like, sexual lyrics in media nearly doubled. So, like, in less than 10 years, there was this huge spike in, like, sexualization of women and girls um, and like the internet was a huge contributor, uh, to that, uh, that created the shift and how like we all get our information and our accurate information. We think we, at that time we thought everything we were seeing was right and normal and what be. we should attain Yeah. You could imagine somebody who has, never had their private parts not hurt mm. um, and seeing all this seeing these expectations of like internet porn and uh, TV like you can imagine the mental and like emotional turmoil somebody uh, could go through so that's that's what I was thinking with that blog mm. post I wanted to talk more about saying like I I I think that really affected me. Um, and what I thought about myself because any, any girl was in my shoes, but now add that layer of pelvic pain and thinking that some you're broken and something's wrong with you and not really understanding because the doctors didn't really explain or help, uh, you where they could. So, um, yeah, so that blog post was something uh, I thought would maybe resonate with others and I'm happy that it did with you. And I
0: think as well like if if you're being told that that your sexuality or the way you look is is what you have to offer to the world and what what's the most important thing that you can put out into the world and you feel like yours is in some way damaged or is inflicting pain that is going to have an effect I think I think you know every teenager whether male or female when they're growing up you know it it always catches themselves in the mirror and like looks at spots or whatever like puberty is is a difficult time but if you if you have got that added layer of pain and feeling that that you are different in in something that is being not necessarily even celebrated but told that that is that is the norm like women should look this good in a bikini or not even look this good look like this like this is good this is what you should look like of, of yeah. course, that's going to have an effect. And I think, I think it's such an interesting topic that I'm sure there are also a vast amount of stories to be shared from
2: Yeah, that could be its own podcast. Totally. And talking about how like there were so many branches that we can discuss that can impact uh, a generation. Mm. Of yeah, people. I definitely.
1: Um, I I mean, it's, I think as well as only with hindsight, they are like Jesus Christ, I was so fucked up.
2: Like, yeah, yeah I was growing well, up. Well, look at those lyrics and stuff, and I'm like, how is that even on the radio? Like, it's just it was really vulgar. It was all about like like being really negative towards women but also it was
0: all about women like when cardi b um
2: dropped wap like
0: everyone went mental because it was the exact same lyrics that we've all heard a million times but it was about women taking back control or it was about men and telling the men what they wanted to do to the women to feel pleasure and Everybody lost their shit. It's amazing how far how far we've come. And I was really interested actually this week. They've um, it, it's been on Twitter about the new witches film with oh, Anne yeah. Hathaway, I and it's been that
1: film. Really glad did to get it. Yeah, glad I didn't get it now because you know wouldn't want to get no it. Caught up in that Going shit. <laughs> but
0: like uh, with, am I might. We with... sat under a duvet, Claudia. <laughs> you will you're going places soon just just give it a couple months but like what they were saying with her that she'd kind of fashioned this limp and and that the often a lot of the witches characters would be missing fingers or things and it was saying that that this is the view of we have of somebody that is evil is somebody that has a disability and that that is the way it's being portrayed we still haven't got to that point yet where everybody is on a level playing field. We still pick and choose from other people's lives, other people's disabilities, and mold them into what we think, you know, could look um, artistically interesting, as opposed to just being Mm -hmm. people's lives and people's stories. And so I think the more, you know, that people do things like you're doing, Michelle, with with Happy Pelvis, the more people are speaking out and reaching out to others, the the better it's gonna get. Thank
1: you for bringing up Happy Pelvis. Um, Michelle, could you just quickly as well tell us about what that is and and what you do and where people can find out about it?
2: The Happy Pelvis started as a blog as a way for me to share my pelvic pain journey with everybody and uh, it sort of snowballed into trying to become a resource to help people get guidance and direction as to where they can find the help that they need because I'm not a doctor, but I can at least guide people in the right direction um, to get the help that they deserve. So uh, snowballed into that, and I'm also, because I am a graphic designer uh, on disability right now, to uh, still get my creative sparks flying. I uh, do a few things here and there um like greeting cards and t-shirts all related around chronic pelvic pain and they're funny little quirky little things that gifts that you can give to loved ones um that are living with chronic pain or chronic illness
0: and we'll have to share some of those on our instagram because those cards are amazing i love them
2: sorry i forgot to mention uh within the next few weeks uh there will be a 2021 printable planner um i did one last year for 2020 so i'm updating it a a little bit and uh a 21 2021 planner where you can like track your symptoms, uh write down all your doctor's names, your doctor's appointments, just to try to keep organized um for your appointments. So keep an eye out for that within the coming weeks. That sounds
1: fantastic <laughs> and very, very useful for yes. lots
2: of people, I'm sure. Michelle, thank you
0: so much for coming on and talking to us today. And I'm so pleased now that you finally know about Pret. <laughs>
2: that's the main thing thank you so much for having me guys (laughs) stop what you're doing let's talk about
0: pooing okie dokie so it is that time of the week uh where we we delve into some (laughs) Some private matters that maybe we shouldn't, but you like to share them, and we find it really funny to read them. So we're just going to keep going with it. Um, it is the time of the turd tale, or the bladinage or the fart fable. Eve's was cracking. What we got? <laughs> what's cracking?
1: We yeah. yes, I do, and we because of the the bum crack. And it is relevant because this is a bum a bum book tale of of, of ter- a there turd you. in nature. So this is called the cloud forest. <laughs> <laughs> I just, sorry, I love it already. I was 17 and on a World Challenge school trip with 19 other pupils from my year. Very specific. (laughs) We had been trekking through the cloud forest for three days. It was amazing, but hard work and the weather hadn't been great. So we were beginning to get used to being drenched in rain and trekking through complete fog. Our sleeping arrangement were tents and hammocks amongst trees. I was in a tent. It was only meant to be a two-man tent, but we managed to squeeze in two other students who were scared of the heights in their hammock. We'd just finished our campfire and we were all ready to go to bed. We made the rookie mistake of leaving our tent door open and we were greeted by a large number of massive insects of all shapes and sizes before we could actually get some sleep. I'm not a massive fan of spiders and my tummy had been feeling pretty on edge, but I'd put it down to the nerves of finding so many eight-legged friends around my sleeping bed. When we'd finally managed to chuck the bugs out, we all got into bed. The cloud forest is completely dark and completely silent after about 9pm. There is only the sound of wildlife outside and your friends who snore. The only light you have is your own head torch. My tummy still hadn't settled and I was beginning to feel that this was a bit odd. However, I was aware that I was pretty scared of the dark and of spiders as well. So I just put it down to that. I wasn't the bravest of 17 year olds and I managed to get maybe a few minutes of sleep then I woke up in a start and a sweat. I needed the toilet, and I needed it now. My tummy was not okay. The toilet was, in fact, a trench in the middle of the forest about a seven-minute walk away. It had previously been a liberating, enjoyable experience and something I looked forward to... <laughs> <laughs> but right now it was 12pm I couldn't see anything And I didn't have seven minutes I couldn't just stay in the tent That wouldn't be fair on others Sleeping No, nope, I had to get Let's to say. the toilet I stumbled around the packed tent Trying to find my head torch As well as my glasses Because I'm quite short sighted <laughs> (laughs) At last I found both and I put them on Waking up the other bodies in the squash space I trampled over them Whispers of ouch where are you going Followed me but I quickly put on my trekking boots Without tipping them over To get spiders or snakes out My hands were shaking I ran with my head torch through the darkness Trying to find the tiny wooden sign That led to the toilet If the rope was closed it meant somebody was already in the trench I longed for it to be open Luckily it was (laughs) The minutes felt like hours, and I'd put on quite a sprint. Even the bats flying in front of my face and the howling sound of the distance couldn't stop me. I was nearly there, nearly at the trench, but it was too late. The seven minutes had been one minute too many, and it's not something I've ever forgotten. Wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful, oh, wonderful.
0: Oh, good. That was so beautifully written. I felt like I was listening to, like, an audible of, like, the famous five. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was it was beautifully not a second to wait oh god I mean it's just I mean what do you do then after you've shit yourself in the pitch pitch black you've got no spare clothes with you what and obviously no shower or toilet or anything what do you do then I wonder oh, what they did and that's the thing is it's being out in nature you just feel dirty oh you, god like, even if i just go out for a walk in crystal palace park i think i need to come home and have a shower let alone
0: and that's enough oh, babe that's, that's enough. enough for me let alone the cloud forest the cloud Jesus. forest sounds a
1: very exotic place
0: i think that's also what made me think of like the famous five audible same <laughs> <Famous laughs> five
1: shit oh, in the cloud we're off. yeah we're off to the
0: cloud forest everyone like it just it was like a kind of adult version of like I don't know. You
1: said adult again, like an American.
0: Do you say adult? Of course. Am I supposed to say yes?
1: Adult? I'm an adult. I'm an adult. <laughs> Am I? No, Maybe you're I'm not. Because I can't. If say you're it. in America, then you're an adult. But if you're hit bloody, if you're on British soil, getting our bloody Britain back. No, sorry, I'm not pro Brexit. But um, the only other thing that I've got
0: pulled up on recently is from our other episode where I talk about a vibrator, but I say vibrator. And I was like, oh, you're American. I'm like, right. "My, oh, no, I say my vibrator instead of vibrator. You say vibrator. Oh, fuck knows. I just say what I want to say. And I'm an adult and I use a vibrator.
1: I would say vibrator. Is that No, is that right? That's what you just said, though.
0: Yeah, but they said I sound American because I was going vibrator. Well, because you were saying I was using an adult product. That's probably why. I was using an adult vibrator no, no. on my... Fanny pack,
1: which is actually a bum bag, isn't it? In America, it's not. Yeah, but I mean, here your fanny
0: pack is just your fanny, isn't it? I hate the word fanny. See, fanny
1: was a character in Secret Seven. We've digressed. (laughs) I lost sense of what we're doing. It's it's the last
0: episode. Well, thank you so much for sending in your turtle. First of all, thank you, you little you little cloud babe, (laughs) um, babe of clouds. Um, it's the last episode of the
1: season. Evie, how do you feel? I feel nothing but pure unadulterated adult unadulterated relief Claudia
0: (laughs) (laughs) which is what we aim to give our but do you know what I do think
1: relief is a massively underestimated emotion it's my favourite emotion relief it's almost worth the stress in order to suffer the in order to get the relief yes
0: I totally feel that well and I I do feel a sense of that as well but do you know what I feel a sense of relief from is that you know a mere whatever it was now five months ago, you messaged me saying, I think we should do this podcast. And I think the first episode should be you telling everybody about how you shut yourself (laughs) in Paris. And the night before we released it, I turned to my boyfriend and I said, I can't do this. I can't. I can't. I was physically shaking. Like, please, I'm just going to message her and she's going to be upset with me. But I cannot put this out into the world nobody's gonna listen nobody's gonna care and anybody that does listen is just gonna listen to me telling them about how i shut my pants well what's what's worse having nobody listen to that or everybody (laughs) listened (laughs) yes it's so true either way i was like no, i can't do it and i am so grateful for all the amazing people that we have met all the things that i have learned which is an unbelievable amount and for the amount of people that have messaged us to say how much they've enjoyed it or to say that they've also learnt something new is, it has been in a year of shit. This
1: particular shit has been a very welcome shit. Oh, thank you. And that is how I well, felt. Well, I'm so, so grateful for you. And I'm so happy that you did this uh, this podcast with me. So thank you, Claudia. Thank you to all of our guests. Love and you. And thank you to the listeners as well, because you've kept it going. <laughs> our little There's four of you, as far I'm as I'm aware. Two of you are in the Cotswolds. Very nice place. Very nice part of the world. Um, But... Please rest assured, if you are enjoying this podcast, then there will be another series which will um release it's the first episode in January. We don't actually know the date yet, but we'll let you know. And there'll be plenty more amazing guests and these old hags as well. <laughs> yes. And we must thank our
0: brilliant producer, Nicholas. Thank you, Nick. I know you're listening. You're Go on, Nick. Room. Have a cameo. Come on. Come on, Nick. Say something. Go on. I dare you thanks, thanks, guys. Can you hear me now? yeah, on, say something funny, you get one shot um oh God, uh,
1: that's it you are fired. you're out' We're off the podcast. <laughs> you can't me, can't give me that pressure. sorry, I'm not very good at jokes i'm good at I'm good at editing uh, <laughs> are you
0: <laughs> well, actually, maybe yeah, don't listen to the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. Oh, oh God. Well, thanks, thanks Nick. Nick. We appreciate all that you do. That's all right. Well, thank you. It's been fun. It's been great
1: hearing your voice every <laughs> you, day. Okay, and you can mute yourself now. Thank you.
0: <laughs> I'll mute him now. Um, <laughs> or Nick, um, you can. <laughs> up, Nick. Um, you can find this. Um, you can find us on our socials uh, on Instagram or Twitter at the understore podcast or please do continue continue to send us your hilarious or sometimes very heartfelt emails um, at the podcast official at gmail.com see you in the new year see you in the new year
2: Merry Christmas bye